Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Reed. Welcome back to another episode of the Lake Show Life Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jason Reed, the acting side expert over at lakeshowlife.com, part of the Fan Sided Network. And should I say that this podcast is undergoing a name change. We are no longer the Lake Show Life podcast. We are the Contavious Caldwell Pope Fan Club podcast. Uh, KCP on fire. We'll talk about that in a little bit when we talk about Lakers Bucks. Uh, before we get into that, though, if you could, please leave a, uh, a review and a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, a five-star review, uh, preferably. Uh, if you have any questions, any feedbacks, comments, concerns, anything, let us know. Uh, those help us out a lot, and we appreciate any and all feedback, positive or negative. Uh, you know, just be honest with you. Um, and follow us on, you know, subscribe to us. I think that's the word on Apple Podcasts. I don't really even know. Uh, Spotify, Google Play, wherever, wherever you get your podcasts, really. Uh, maybe you listen to it on the Omni uh, player itself, which is what we upload it to. I don't know very many people that listen to it straight on that, but, hey, maybe you do. Um, so that helps us out a lot. Uh, we come at you every Sunday and Wednesday. Now you may be asking, oh, Jason, it's Thursday night. Uh, the time you uploaded this, what do you mean you come at us every Sunday and Wednesday? Uh, to the listeners, the devoted listeners of Lake Show Life Podcast, my apologies. We are a day late. Uh, I felt I was feeling a little under the weather last night. You might still be able to hear it in my voice a little bit. Don't worry. It's nothing with coronavirus. Um, just a little bit of a head cold, just a little bit of a, a phlegm and whatnot. I'm sorry to get too graphic, but my voice was not there last night, and I wasn't going to make everyone listen to, you know, half of my voice previewing Bucks lakers uh, so instead I thought I'd push it back to tonight, talk about the game itself instead of previewing it, um, and then we can also preview the Chicago Bulls game on Saturday a little bit. Um, so that's why I was gone. Again, apologies, but I'm still committed to bringing you two a week, so here here we are. Um, but this game, man, lakers Bucks. Lakers came out victorious 113-106. to 106. Uh, extended their uh, franchise record winning streak to start the season on the road. They're now 8-0 and on the road, 12-4 uh, and overall. This is coming off of the uh, the disappointing loss against the Golden State Warriors in which they blew the lead. Uh, I unfortunately picked Warriors plus 8.5 in that game. And if I'm being honest with you guys, I have a little side Twitter account. I'm not going to do too much uh, selfless promotion, uh, but I have a little side Twitter account where I give out gambling picks and I kind of sp- maybe sprinkled a little something-something on the Warriors money line in that game. Uh, they're plus 315. Those just seemed like too high of odds. And it just, the Lakers seem due. You know, it's, you're, you can't win every game. And, you know, they seem due. Um, so they lost that game. A little disappointing. They came out against the Bucks, And, man, they were firing on all cylinders. Uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis both played 38 minutes. You know, that's their average workload in terms of last season. That's the kind of workload they're going to see in the NBA playoffs. Um, this is a big game on a national spotlight, you know, on TNT. And they really wanted to prove it. The Lakers played this game like it was a playoff game. You know, you don't want to get caught too caught up in these regular season games and get too emotional. You know, uh, Charles Barkley said at halftime, he, he quoted Nick Saban saying there's a difference between playing emotional and being, um, you know, having emotion and then being emotional. I don't know really what he was trying to go at there. I, I get the premise, but cause they were saying Giannis was playing with too much, you know, he's playing emotional after, you know, Chuck said before the game that he should play with emotion. Um, but, you know, the Lakers came out, and they wanted to prove something. They wanted to prove they're still the best team in the league. Obviously, the Clippers tied them in terms of having the best record last night. Uh, that gave them the number one seed in the West. Clippers having, you know, the better the, the tiebreaker. Um, the standings don't matter at this point in the season. But the Lakers wanted to prove something, and, you know, they proved it. Uh, LeBron and AD both played great. I mean, AD, 
was hot the first half, was really working in the first half, a little bit quiet in the second half. Uh, he still finished with 18, 9, and 6. Uh, was still good on the defensive end, so no complaints there. But LeBron had, you know, I wrote an article over on Lake Show Life about, you know, how it's time for LeBron to ramp it up. Expect him to ramp it up. 34 points, 8 assists, 6 boards. He had a plus 15, best plus minus on the team. Again, plus minus is very flawed, but best plus minus on the team. He shot the basketball well, 13 to 25, uh, 6 to 10 from deep. That's 10 three-pointers for LeBron James. Imagine saying that a decade ago. Um he was great, and overall, the Lakers were just fantastic shooting the basketball. Um, they went uh, 19 for 37 from three, only shot 46.6% from the field overall. I say only. That's not, you know, that's not awful, especially, you know. It's a little low considering the three-point percentage, but 46.6% isn't bad at all. 51.4% uh, from deep, though, which is, that's fantastic. It was, you know, really spearheaded, really led by Alex Crusoe, who went one for one from three. Um <laughs> In all honesty, uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, he's been red hot this season. He continues his red hot shooting. He went 7 of 10 from 3 um, on the night. At one point, he was 6 of 7, which is just, you know, it, it's just fantastic. Um, he he was shooting the cover off the ball, finished 1 for 4, you know, but or 1 for 3, excuse me. But he was, he was great, and he entered this game shooting 53% from beyond the arc. That's only going to go up to about 57%. Uh, you know, he's been nothing short of fantastic. And everyone else really did their part from the three-point line as well. Uh, Wes Matthews, two of three from deep. Uh, Kuzma and Morris both uh, combined two of six. Not fantastic, but not bad. Uh, Marcus Gasol made one of three. Uh, Schroeder was really the only one that didn't really hit any shots. AD only went 0 for 1. Um, it was just a shooting clinic, and um, that was kind of the difference. You know, this is a back-and-forth game. There was moments, you know, they were exchanging the lead often. You know, so many ties, so many lead changes. The Lakers would go up by a few possessions, and the Bucks would storm back. The Bucks would go up by a few possessions. Lakers would storm back. It was just one of those games. Um, it was a really entertaining game to watch. Lakers were able to, uh, you know, kind of pull away. They had the lead at the end of the first half. They didn't pull away, excuse me, but they were able to keep their lead in the second half, get a comfortable enough um, lead in the fourth quarter, and the rest was history. 113-106, they were able to close them. Like I said, Giannis was not playing fantastic. He had seven turnovers at half. He only had two in the second half, nine total. That's still terrible. Uh, he fouled out six fouls. Uh, had 25, you know, 12 and three, which on surface level, you know, looks fine. But he took a lot of ugly shots. You know, the Bucks want him to be a better three-point shooter. I get that, but I don't understand why they make him. They force him to take so many ugly threes when he's Giannis. Uh, the bench didn't provide anything for Milwaukee. Uh, a combined, let's see, 4, 8, 12, 14, 16 points off the bench, five guys. Um, that's just some. That's something, you know, and it kills him in the playoffs as well. Outside of Giannis, you know, obviously Chris Middleton's great. Uh, I think Dante DiVincenzo's an uh, underrated role player as well. But, you know, they have Drew Holiday now. But the def depth isn't fantastic. And the Lakers are obviously, I would say, the deepest team in the league. And that really showed in this game. Um, and, you know, that it, it was, was what it was for Milwaukee. Uh, they got outplayed, simply put. I mean, their superstar got outplayed. Like uh, Chuck was saying, he was playing with too much emotion. Um, and they were just outmatched. And it was a great game to see. It really was. And just to see KCP, after all the you know crap he's gotten from Laker fans, turn into this remarkable shooter, it's just, you know, it's a sight to behold. And, you know, you really look at the Lakers roster. And I wrote an article the other day about how the defense is better than people even think. And I was really, you know, struck by the fact that, like, the individual defense on this team is fantastic. Uh, Anthony Davis, Mark Gasol, KCP, who else was it? Caruso and Taylor Horton Tucker. Five guys out of the, there were five guys who all have a defensive box plus minus of one or better. Um, to 
defensive box plus minus advanced stat. You know, it's a good comparison to um, you know defensive efficiency and whatnot. Um, it's no coincidence that the two leaders last year were Giannis and Anthony Davis, one and two for defensive player of the year. Um, so the, those five have above a one. Only 42 players in the league have above a one with at least 150 minutes played. All those guys have them. Uh, no other team has more than three players in that top 42. So, you know, the Lakers, they're the cream of the crop. And you look at it, you know, KCP and Caruso specifically, they have statistically probably the two best 3 and D guys in the league. And, like, I, I say that, you know, you know, with some optimism, for the lack of a better word, but statistically how can you argue it you know kcp shooting 57 percent, whatever it is now from beyond the arc defensive box plus minus that's actually better than Giannis this season at least at the time of writing the article uh, and then you have caruso who ranks i believe in like the top 15 top 19 uh top six at his position he's shooting great obviously he's not a high volume shooter but he's making them when he's getting them and we're seeing strides there um those two man if you you're gonna get you know you're not going to get eight threes a game out of them combined every game. But if you get five or six with their defense, like I don't see what team has better three and D role players, you know, you know, quite frankly, Wesley Matthews, even too, he's not playing fantastic defense, but he's shooting the ball pretty decent. And I mean, he's another outlet, another wing. Um, it's just, it's crazy how deep this team is and what a great roster um, Rob Polinka has constructed. And, you know, you see a bunch of NBA is all about, you know, a little inside baseball here. Um, NBA is all about speculation. Fans love the speculation, you know, trades, free agent signings, whatever. And, you know, you see that with, you know, the, the coverage of teams in the media. And it's, it's hard to do that with the Lakers, you know, because it's like they're already so dang good. What ways can they actually improve? The only way really – I mean, obviously down the stretch when things evolve in the buyout market and everything, they can improve their depth. But the only real need – that this team potentially has is another just traditional center because if Gasol gets in foul trouble or hurt, you know, they're kind of screwed there because I don't like Carroll having to play a lot of minutes at the center position. But even then, you know, that's like a just-in-case need, and that's someone who could be filled by, you know, JaVale McGee of all people. I wrote an article about how a reunion with him would be great for the Lakers. Um, that's someone who could fill that need, It's and it shows that the Lakers don't have any, you know, significant holes. So it was a fantastic game. Um I want to, you know, brag a little bit. I went 2-0 and in my gambling picks. Lakers-Warriors. I had the Warriors plus 8.5, like I mentioned. I also had the over. This game, I also went 2-0. and So I'm right in the ship. I'm 15-13 on the year. Uh, I had the Lakers plus 2. They were actually underdogs in this game. I had them winning by 3. They ended up winning by 7. And I had under 228.5. I thought the Lakers defense was going to show up to play. I think the final score I predicted was 113-110, I believe. I'm going to have to check that. But if that's correct, I mean, I got the Lakers score right on the head. And, you know, if the Bucks make two more shots, they have 110 points. Um, so I feel good about that. Yeah, a 110-107. Okay. So I had to combine. I had Lakers scoring three less, and I had Milwaukee scoring one more. But still, I mean, I was right there. Uh, I had the under comfortably. I kind of knew after the first half even that this under was going to hit. Um, and the Lakers defense, it, they showed up. You know, I'm talking about the three-point shooting, how great it was defensively. Um, you know, Caruso looked great, you know, taking charges and whatnot, uh, just being the pest that he is. He had three steals. Uh, Schroeder had two steals. AD played his usual good defense, two blocks, one steal, um, and just, you know, pestering on the ball. Uh, even Kyle Kuzma had two steals. Um, it, it was just great. You know, you compare the turnover numbers. Milwaukee had 14. Lakers had 10. Um, that's big. That could be a potential eight-point swing. Um, man, I'm just I, – I, I'm proud. I, it feels weird to say I'm proud of a team that I cover. It's not like they're they care if I'm proud or not. But the way they played – the way they responded from that Golden State game, 
you know, there are some pundits, you know, in the in NBA media who are talking about, are the Lakers legit? You know, they haven't beat any true contenders yet. Um, and here they are, you know, going on the road, beating Milwaukee. And now they're starting a road trip, which, you know, could be a launching pad for their season. You know, they already kind of went on a little bit of a winning streak. But with this win in their rearview mirror, like they could really go on a run, get some impressive wins under their belt and distance themselves as the best team in the league, which I think they are. Sorry, Brooklyn. I mean, we talked about that last podcast episode, but. I just this team is so dang deep, and we see it night in, night out. We see nights from you know like this KCP, Wesley Matthews has had some big nights. Um, you know Trez has had some big nights. Schroeder has some big nights, and then you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who outside of this game have been eighty percent this year. Just you know in terms of you know the team wanting them to be eighty percent, I should say. Um, so it's been great, uh, great win. Feeling good about the Lakers. Uh, they're going on. Like I said, big road trip. I believe they have seven road games. Um, it's probably going to be their biggest road trip of the season, I would guess. Obviously, only half of the season has been announced. NBA giving themselves some flexibility to delay some stuff. So they have the Bucks, then they have the Bulls. Uh, Cavs on Monday. Our next episode's coming on Sunday, so we'll preview that. Maybe we'll push that one back to Monday. Sixers on Wednesday. Pistons on Thursday. Celtics next Saturday. Hawks on Monday. And they're back home, so that's what? Two, four, six. Yeah, seven games on the road. Some easy games, some softballs. Pistons, Cavs. Even though the Cavs did just take the Nets to double overtime. Um, and then you have in the Bulls, maybe not a softball, but definitely a team the Lakers are more talented in. And then you have some tough games. You know, 76ers, Joel Embiid's playing like an MVP. That's going to be an interesting matchup to see how the Lakers can contain him, uh, how Ben Simmons' defense kind of affects LeBron James. And you have the Celtics, which is always a fun matchup, you know, with the, the rivalry. And then uh, just the way their two rosters compare with the wings that Boston has compared to the size that the Lakers have and the shooting and defense that the Lakers have now, too. So. I can't believe I said this. Maybe the Lakers have better wings. Um, probably not. I mean, the Celtics have Jason Tatum. But as far as the Bulls game is concerned, this is the classic case of the Lakers being the more talented team. Um, coming off a big win, but their talent alone should get them a win over a team like the Bulls, if we're being honest. I mean, I hate being that brash about it. You know, it is still a professional basketball team. Um, these two teams already did play once this season. Closely contested game. It was actually the first win of the Lakers' previous winning streak before they went on to just destroy everyone. You know, this is the one the one close game before the Warriors lost uh, Lakers won 117 115 at home. And, you know, it was Zach Levine, you know, he played fantastic at 35, eight and six or 35, five and six, excuse me. Um, did I say 35, five and six, 38, five and six, excuse me. <laughs> uh, Wendell Carter jr. Had 27, 23, seven and three. Jeez. My brain is just not working right now. Uh, Thaddeus young had 15, seven and five, um, but it was really Zach Levine kind of keeping him in that game and really taking over. And you look at the Lakers side of things, you know, again, it was just a case of, you know, LeBron, I mean, he played well 28, 7, and 7. Anthony Davis didn't even play, though. Um, they didn't really get that marquee performance out of the role players. I mean, Schroeder and Harrell both had 17, but there wasn't that role player that really stepped up and took over for Anthony Davis not being in the game. And they still won. So, granted, it was by two, but they still won. Um, going into this game, you know, unless anything comes up, uh, they're going to be full strength. The Bulls, a young team, um, they made the right coaching hire. Um, and they're up and coming. And I think they're a team that honestly could, you know, they're six and eight. They could definitely flirt for the eight seed. You look at some of the teams ahead of them, it might not be sustainable. Um, and I like them. I think Zach Levine is, you know, an all-star player and having an all-star player as your number one. And as the young players get better, as the year goes along, you know, they're, they're a team that's going to be in the mix. I honestly like them more than a, than I like a team like the Raptors, if I'm being honest, uh, which sound, which would have been crazy to say before the season, but. Um, I think teams like the Cavs, the Knicks, the Magic might kind of 
flail out down the stretch here. Or not down the stretch. We're not even close to being down the stretch. But as the season goes along, and the Bulls are going to be a team that rises. So it's not a complete pushover game, but the Lakers are more talented. Um, it, it's just getting the job done, getting in, getting out, staying healthy. LeBron and Anthony Davis, so they can give you know a combined 50. That's a guaranteed win. I will guarantee that right now. If LeBron James and Anthony Davis combined for 50 points, there is a 0% chance that the Lakers lose this game. Um, but it's more it's more than just LeBron and AD. Obviously, we have to do our purple and gold players. For those that do not know, the purple players are a role player that the Lakers need to focus on stopping on their opposition. The gold player is a role player on the Lakers that I think is going to have a big game. So LeBron, AD, Zach Levine in this case are off the table. I'm going to start with gold. I usually start with purple because purple and gold. I'm going to go with Kyle Kuzma. And those that listen to Lakeshore Life podcast know that or even read my articles on the website know I'm not the biggest Kuzma guy. I don't love – I don't get the love around him. Um, but that's starting to fade a little bit. I think he's a fine basketball player. Uh, I think there's a lot of players that would be much better than him in the same role. And he's, you know, admittedly been better this season. He's – you know, shooting the three ball better, hat off to him. He's playing defense better. But it's almost one of those things where it's like the expectations of him are so much higher than they should be, where I kind of like scoff at him and I'm like, what the heck, you know? So I don't know. Maybe that's probably not fair. He's just, he's a mediocre role player to me. I don't think he's someone that should be playing 25 minutes. He's someone who should play, be playing 18. But, you know, he's young and he's going to get better. But, you know, since his 20-point outburst against the Minnesota Timberwolves, which most of it came in the first half, he was fantastic in that game. Um, but since then, he, you know, his averages are down. Um, he's averaging 9.6 points per game since then. One assist, six boards, to be fair. Uh, shooting 35% from three, which is good for him. Um, and obviously not great. Uh, 40% from the field, which, you know, that needs to improve. 60% from the free throw line. And that's just the thing, you know. He's not efficient. He has these games where he's hitting and he looks great and then the fan base buys back in. And then he has these games where he's kind of just like there. I mean, for the lack of a better word, he's just there. You know, he's going to get you 12 and 6 a night. And, I mean, that's fine. Uh, we shouldn't expect more out of him. I mean, he does have some double-doubles under his belt. But I don't know. I just – I don't get the Kuzma love. That being said, this is the perfect game, you know, against a lesser team. Um that Kuzma kind of shows up and he balls out and he makes the shots and he looks really good to start the game and they keep feeding him and he keeps shooting and he'll probably start missing eventually. Um, but he's due for about four or five of these a year and that's what makes the fan base kind of buy back in. You look at Chicago and they allow the uh, 27th most or fewest, so it would be what, the fourth most threes attempted per game, 24th, so 24th in opponent uh, three percentage, so the sixth highest. Uh, if I did my math correctly, 38% um, team that does not guard the perimeter well. And that, that bodes well for Kyle Kuzma. I mean, if you look at the two point percentage, 27% that they allow uh, opponents, you know, or not 27%, 54%, they rank 27th uh, effective field goal position, uh, effective field goal percentage, which I've talked about before. It's a good measuring tool. You know, it measures uh, the threes are more than twos and twos are more than ones uh, defensively. They rank 27th and opponent effective field goal percentage at 55.9%. So, not a good defensive team in the slightest. I mean, they allow 120 points a game, 28, 28th in the league. They score a lot, but they're not going to have the scoring prowess to keep up with the Lakers. And, you know, Kyle Kuzma is going to be one of those guys who kind of takes over and helps Lakers score. And I think this is going to be a blowout because of that, because of a performance like Kuzma, similar to the game we saw against Minnesota. Now, the player that the Lakers need to focus on stopping, 
I kind of went back and forth with a few guys. I'm gonna say uh, Kobe White, uh, the 20-year-old. He's been fantastic this year. Uh, he is in his second year in the league. Um, I don't want to say fantastic. He's been good. He's been really good. Uh, 15 points per game, five boards, five, 5.2 boards, 5.9 assists. He's shooting 35% from beyond the arc, 40% from three uh, from just the field. Similar numbers to Kyle Kuzma, actually very similar since that breakout game. Um, and you know he's he's someone who, if the Bulls are going to win this game, he's going to have a big night. Zach Levine can only take you so far, and you kind of need that uh, extra performance from someone. And I think White is that guy. Granted, he's not totally efficient, so it's not a hard task to stop him. And also, if we flip it too, just in terms of you know kind of him being the purple player, Lakers need to attack him. He is really, really bad defensively. I told you how KCP and Alex Crusoe both have above a one defensive box plus minus. Uh, Kobe White, negative two point eight. That's you know, I don't have it in front of me, but I would bet that's one of the worst in the league. Uh, defensive rating, 117. Not a good defender at the point guard position. He is someone, you know, that Dennis Schroeder can attack, LeBron James can attack. Just the whole team can attack, really. Um, and, you know, limit him offensively, attack him on the defensive end. And he's just one of the players, you know, inexperienced players that the Lakers can kind of take advantage of defensively on their defensive side of the ball. And then just, you know, keep him from having that big game, like I said. Uh, Levine's going to get his, you know, 25, uh, maybe not even 25. He'll get his 25. Um, Lori Markinen, he's solid. Is he playing in this game? I believe he is. He did not play in the last game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's only played seven games this year. Uh, let's look at the Bulls injury report real quick. I don't think Lori's on it. And if he is, I'm going to look like a fool. And um, so Patrick Williams day-to-day, -day, Wendell Carter day-to-day. -day. Yeah, so Lori is playing. Um, but I don't really worry about them. Even if Wendell Carter and Patrick Williams play, obviously the Lakers are so big. And even though I said they need a backup traditional center, um, they still outsize pretty much everyone. And I don't think the Bulls are going to get a lot down low, quite frankly. It's going to be the guard play. So stop Kobe White offensively. Let Levine do his thing. Make Kobe White beat you. And then just beat him on the defensive end. That really, you know, that there's going to be more to the game plan. But that is a good start to the game plan. You don't really need a game plan much against the Chicago Bulls, if we're being honest. Um but, man, what a great game. What a great game against the Bucks. I think we're going to see another great game against the Bulls. Again, I think it's going to be a blowout. The betting odds are not out right now, so I can't give my betting picks, unfortunately. I would guess that the Lakers are probably going to open as, I would probably say on the road, probably like eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, the last time these two teams played, I believe the Lakers were around that. They might have been nine- or ten-point favorites. Uh, it was one of the rare times I took the Lakers on a big spread, I believe, and then obviously Chicago covered, um, only losing by two. Let's see if it has non-basketball reference here. It does not. Yeah, so it does not have it. I don't know. I could dig it up in the past, but that's a lot of work to do live on radio. Um, I don't think they're going to cover two games in a row. I think this is going to be a blowout. Um, so anything, honestly, anything that's single digits, I'm going to take the under or take the take Lakers. If it's up in like the 10-11, which I don't think it will reach, then I'll maybe take the Bulls. I don't want to commit to taking the Lakers at that number, but you have my word now that no matter what, I'm going to take the Lakers if it's 9.5 or lower, uh, which it should be, like I said, 8.5. As far as the over-under, you have a good offensive team with a terrible defense against a good offensive team with a good defense. I think this game is going to be... It's going to be like that Minnesota game. I think it's going to be like 129 to 112. So that's 241. So that's it's going to be the over. I mean, anything under 230, I will 100% take the over no matter what. If it's over 230, 
then I'll debate it. But I'm, I'm predicting 240 points, so maybe I should take the over no matter what. But again, anything over 230 I, or under 230, I will take the over. Um, anything under 10, Lakers being favored, I will take the Lakers. Um, and I will be sure to write an article on Saturday before tip-off, uh, giving my picks formally, um, because I got to keep the record up. I, you know, I'm on a hot streak, four and zero, my last four picks, and I think I'm going to make it six and zero. I really do see this being just, uh, it's not going to be close. I think from start, from opening jump to the final whistle, it is not going to be close. Um, it's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, besides that, I don't really have anything for you guys. You know, I go on my coffee creamer tangent. Um, nothing there. Um, some listeners know I have a puppy that's been going well. Today is our one month adoptiversary. Uh, he's a wiener dog named Maurice. His middle name is Alfredo. So Maurice Alfredo, it sounds like a very fine dining, uh, Italian restaurant. Maybe if I win the lottery, uh, the mega millions <laughs> with how high it is, maybe I'll open an Italian restaurant, Maurice Alfredo's and we could show Laker games there, uh, once it's safe to do so. And everyone can swing by, <laughs> um, but besides that, yeah, nothing, no new life stuff. Again, was feeling a little under the weather. You probably still hear it in my voice. Had to make two cuts in this podcast because I had a cough. Again, don't worry. It's not COVID. For sure, it's not COVID. Um, I'm good on that front. Besides that, oh, I do have one thing. And sorry to LaCroix if you're listening to this. I'm a huge LaCroix supporter. Um, they even sent me a free uh, coffee flavor for my birthday last year. Again, not a sponsor. Um, just giving companies free advertisement <laughs> at this point. Uh, my bosses might not like that. Um I love LaCroix. I drink a lot of sparkling water. I don't drink soda or anything. So sparkling water and coffee are like the two things I drink. I don't like the pure flavor. You got any sparkling water drinkers listening to this? If you have not tried the pure flavor, don't feel intrigued to try it. It's not that good. You know, I thought I was like a sparkling water um, purist and enthusiast and that I would like it. Like, oh, yeah, I, I just like sparkling water. I like the pure. Got the pure. and It's it's just not that great. It's just Nothing. I mean, obviously, I should have expected that, but I like a little bit of lemon, a little bit of lime. Uh, they they have a, a cola-flavored one that's delicious. That's the one I would recommend. Um, it's just like Nicola. Um, kind of tastes like soda, which I don't really – I haven't drank soda in – jeez, I'm 22. I haven't drank soda in like six years. I mean, I have about one a year, and it's usually a Sprite, and it's usually on like the Super Bowl or – it's probably more than one a year. It's probably once every like six months. Um, but it's been a long time since I've had dark soda. But for some reason, I like that LaCroix, so I recommend that. Pure flavor, do not recommend that. Again, got to get that uh, Kelowna macadamia nut mocha coffee. Got to get that M&M's creamer. Let me know. Try to get some more. It wasn't in stock at the store, so that was brutal. Um, but besides that, nothing really to talk about besides Lakers basketball, which is what we're all here for, and a little bit of personality on the side. Um, NFL Championship Weekend coming up. That's going to be fun. Uh, my best friend and I, we have a separate podcast. Again, I don't want to do shameless promotion, but – we each picked Carolina Reaper teams, uh, two teams that we thought had no chance of winning the Super Bowl, but they had to be tw- top 12 in Super Bowl odds at, like, I think four weeks in the season. I picked the Steelers. Thank goodness they're out. He picked the Buffalo Bills. Um, so he's kind of sweating a lot. He's also a Saints fan. So this last weekend was really tough seeing the Bills win and the Saints lost. And then Chiefs-Browns. I mean, you either had the Browns, who the Bills probably would have beat, or yeah, the Chiefs with the possibility of Patrick Holmes not playing. So he's just – he's a mess. He's already accepted that he might have to eat a Carolina Reaper. So, you know, if the Bills win, um, next time I come at you after that result, I'll talk about that a little bit because that's going to be so fun. Um, But, yeah, nothing else for you guys. Uh, If you have any questions, concerns, comments, again, let me know. Uh, Leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. Tweet me at EatYourReadies. You could tweet our Twitter, uh, at The Lake Show Life. Leave a comment in one of our articles. Um, Facebook page, anything really, you know, reach out. We'll read your comment on air if appropriate. And um, 
you know, it's a community here. And I'm glad to be a part of it. Um, stay safe, everyone. In the meantime, go Lakers. I, I, I be